sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And we have our returning guest. Hi, this is Jessica Ballinger. Ooh, full name even. Full name, that's a first. Yeah. And she's here to tell us all about our, our uh, future road trip. <laughs> I'll tell you after how it went. Okay, yeah, well, that'll be a, a special episode. Um, and wait, I'll keep a journal for you. Well, this Wait, this was your idea, this episode, right, Jessica? This was my idea. I actually, um, this quarter at school, I took a hip-hop, um, a political science hip-hop class at school. And I was sort of disappointed. I mean, we had a lot of great material, but I had wanted to see um, Dave Chappelle's block party as part of the class. And, you know, he didn't show that and he didn't bring in any stand-up, which I think goes with hip-hop for sure. (laughs) So I thought I'm going to watch it anyway. And I thought you guys should too. Yeah, I've I've seen actually I've seen well we're doing Dave Chappelle's Block Party versus Be Kind Rewind. Uh, I've seen Dave Chappelle's Block Party a couple times before, um, but I rewatch it again for this. Uh, yeah, I that I really I forgot how much good uh, music was in the movie too. It's a great concert movie. Yeah, yeah, the live live music and and both of the films are by Michel Gondry, who um, is a really interesting filmmaker. Um, music video maker, commercial maker, artist. Um, so I thought it would be fun to put those two movies um, because they're both from him and both different in different ways against each other. Yeah, and, but but they kind of play off of each other. I mean, well, according to what I read, he he got the idea for Be Kind Rewind after doing Block Party. So it was a very good choice. Oh, did he? That's weird. Yeah, because well, the movie happens on. I mean, we're talk whatever one we want to talk about first. It doesn't matter, but the, the be kind rewind all kind of happens on one block, like one small part of Passaic. And they both have most death. Well, I think every movie has him. Every good movie. I think. Well, well, Block Party came first, so we should. I guess we should start off with that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was from two thousand and four. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny. I mean, we're two thousand fifteen now, and. There were people in it, you know, Common is in there, John Legend, The Roots, and now, now they're all huge stars. And at yeah. that moment, they were still pretty marginal um, within their own genre. Yeah, even Kanye was not as nearly as huge then. Uh, yeah, he wasn't in the Kardashian family then. Right. And the, the one act that never did make it big that I always liked was Dead Prez, but I think Dave Chappelle talked about them in the movie, and he was saying they were too political. <laughs> it's to, clear that they were about to make it big, but you know they they just decide not to. It has nothing to do with the the public's <laughs> appetite for their kind of music. <laughs> yeah, no, they're yeah, way too way too political to be on the radio, I guess. Uh, but I I don't know. It was uh, both of these movies. Well, I was glad I watched them. It was like I was getting super bummed out this week by the news and stuff so uh it was nice to see some feel-good movies yeah i agree i really like the feeling the community feeling in both of these movies and this you know and it sounds kind of schmaltzy but this sort of idea of white people and black people getting together and getting along and um through music i guess mainly and film and you know music music and humor yeah yeah 
And um, I mean, I know the news sort of defies that right now, but you know, it, I mean, reality is that we also can get along sometimes and it is a beautiful thing when we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's more of the reality, at least, you know, where, where I live uh, than the other. It's just, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. Like after I, I had to get off Facebook, I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal with this shit. Like it's really bringing me down fucking with my head. So yeah, it was really nice uh, to see these two movies. I think one of the best things about block party and this kind of goes to unity, but also to, to how it's, it's a, a real feeling of unity with Dave, Dave Chappelle is, is so sincere, but is able to fuck with people at the same time to be, to be really sincere and really interested in what people have to say and not making fun of them, but, also making fun also of them, making but, fun of him yeah but not not like not feeling like he's he would he would do it in front of their face as well like when he's talking about the bro- broken angel house and he's like it's a it's it's a mess it's it's crazy what it looks like but he, he as he says it, he kind of feel like he, it's a little bit of admiration but it's also because the, the house was a mess yeah but it's that was that was it's amazing how he's able to to pull that off how to, he's so funny and he's so cutting but he's also so nice yeah, he seems like a just super nice guy in this. I don't think it's just like for the film or anything like he Oh no, no, yeah. He obviously didn't have to pay for that marching band to go to <laughs> you know, and, and Yeah, I, I love it that he included his hometown and um I mean maybe we should say what it's about. Oh yeah, why don't you <laughs> give a breakdown, Jessica? <laughs> well, it's a documentary of a um a concert or a block party that uh, Chappelle organizes in Bed-Stuy in New York. And he, um, and Michelle Gondry is sort of filming it, but he um, edits it in a way that it combines live music performances, comedy, and then the documentary part of the personal stories of the people that are going to attend the concert and um, the neighborhood of where the concert takes place. Um, and I think... Um, that's yeah. It's a musical documentary, but I think it's also um, like a, a social documentary, and it's a comedy. Those, those three things combined, so it tells you a little bit about Dave Chappelle himself, and then also about where he's from, and then also about the hip hop scene and about the history of Bed Stuy. Um, so I think it kind of combines all those things. Yeah, it was, it's a really cool movie, and Dave Chappelle is. I always, I, I don't really forget, but like he's. Like one of the funniest dudes ever. Well, he's it's it's not. I mean, it's like this was the height of his popularity, 2005 around there, is when I guess when he quit he quit his show. So it, I don't think he he would will ever be as popular. So at the time, it's it's easy to forget how popular he was. He was all over the place at the time, and he was really for a good reason. He's really really funny. Yeah, rightly so. I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, and he's kind of disappeared now because he doesn't do as much. Yeah, he. I mean, he comes and he's done stand up here a few times, and it's always like last minute uh they announce the show's last minute and they sell out within like 30 seconds and then he does like i don't know five hours on stage (laughs) Um, right i heard about that that would be great to see yeah (laughs) interesting anyway (laughs) have you ever caught it no no i never have gotten to see him um but yeah i mean when you you know i guess louis like the big thing now but but dave chappelle is just so naturally funny yeah uh, and his, you know, that the TV show, the Chappelle show, it it still totally holds up. Oh yeah, it, it was hilarious. Everything. I actually, I know, I can't even believe it was that long ago. 
now. And I don't think there would be like an Amy Schumer if there wasn't a Chappelle show. I, yeah. I, I know it's a totally different person, but I think that the kind of boundaries he pushed on his show and the kind of subjects he discussed are definitely um, in line with sort of what's becoming more mainstream now. He yeah. was definitely ahead of his time. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Well, this, I don't know. What, what were your, this was your first time seeing it, Pat. So what was your impression of the whole thing? I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really fun. And it, it was interesting to me to see something like the Fugies. Is that how you say it? Fugies. Fugies. Because it, it feels like, I think when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, they were big then. I, what are they? I, I just assumed that they were the, like, uh, the, um, like Lauren Hill was still doing stuff. And I looked it up and I don't think that she's done anything since then. So I don't, it just, it, that made it kind of interesting. And it was really cool how they were the big surprise act and how well he pulled that off. Like I guess they hadn't been together for ten years or five years or something like that, and that was their first performance together forever, and that was neat. But just the whole thing, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I kind of thought it was going to be. I didn't know. I had heard of it, but never seen it. I didn't know it was directed by like a, an actual director. I thought it was a concert film where he was doing stand up between acts, and that's all it was. So it was much different than what I expected, and much better. And I liked the fact that he wanted. To, he he didn't get exactly what he wanted, but he got as much as he wanted. I was surprised because. From the interviews in the movie, it sounded like he wanted nobody to know anything about it, but it, yeah. it leaked a little bit. But he was still able to make a surprise because they didn't know where it was going to be, which was really cool. And I, I just, I like how he had a connection with everyone there. Like, I don't know if he knew everyone beforehand or if he just appreciated them. But like when he was talking about um, Erica Badu. But do he's he's like nobody knows how funny she is, and, and like even before he said that, they had her doing like the little. Uh, devil ears as she ran on stage behind them. I thought that was like, it was really neat how she he was bringing out different aspects of everybody. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, and it was a lot of really good music too, I should say. I, I mean, The Roots has always been a really good band. Um, yeah, it's so funny to see them. I mean, because I watch The Tonight Show now every night, and or at least the monologue at the beginning, and you know, they're so polished now and such, you know, and there they were more, I mean, you you know, they're really good musicians, but it, it was nice to see how they were, you know, 14 years ago, 10 years ago. A little so. looser and yeah. Yeah. And Cody Chestnut is awesome. I mean, he was only in it a little bit, but I think he has this beautiful voice. I, I don't think they could have pulled this off today, this block party with internet like it is. And oh, yeah. No. The the intimacy of it and the sort of lack of commerciality of it, I don't think, you know, oh, I think I it'd think be really I, hard to do that I now. I think it would be more difficult now, but I think if as long as it's someone like Dave Chappelle that's like, it's just one guy putting it all together, I think they could still do it and it would be just as cool. But yeah, it would be, it, it wouldn't be as big of a surprise because everyone in line would have already tweeted it. So everyone knows what's going on. Right, exactly. Go. But it's, I think it would still have the same effect. But of course, they wouldn't have the same acts because I think these as we talked about, they're much bigger now than they were then. Yeah, yeah. Well, except Dead Prez. Uh, they could still do it today. <laughs> they could do a block party on their own. And I'm I'm hoping that the Central State University marching band leader is still there, because that guy was awesome. Oh, yeah. What was his Dude, name? Hello? Oh, I loved him. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I don't... Uh, Dave Chappelle uh, but, was making fun of it, because it was like the, like the, the whitest the, sounding name ever. <laughs> But I just like how formal he was. Like he was wearing the suit, and he was just—he was awesome. He was the entertainer for sure. He was very, like, very good at um, explaining everything. Yeah, 
I like but everybody. I mean, it was, yeah, I just, I'm thinking about it. That movie, actually both of the movies kind of make me cry in a joyful way because it's just you, this beauty of, you know, people coming together. I feel like, and I know this is a crazy analogy, but it makes me, both of them kind of remind me of White Christmas <laughs> because the they're like, no, the movie, the, oh. it's like one of my favorite musicals and they're like, you know, let Let's put on a show and save the town and, you know, everything is going to be good. And I, that, that sort of little rascals idea of <laughs> let's get together and put on a show and save everybody, you know, and I don't know. It's just, it's um, a tearjerker always when people do that and you see people coming together. I know this is a far cry from White Christmas <laughs> and the Little Rascals, but those are my <laughs> reference points, I guess. <laughs> it's a very far cry from White Christmas, especially. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't uh, White Christmas a remake? Do you like both of them? I've never seen White Christmas. Um, it was, I don't know if it was a remake. It was sort of post-World War II, um, Bing Crosby, and wasn't it Rosemary Clooney, I think? I, mm -hmm. All I knew was Bing Crosby, yeah. yeah anyway, I've, I watch it every year. <laughs> Some there's good an, numbers. There's an, early, there's an earlier version called Holiday Inn. I don't know oh, if that's okay. as good. It doesn't have oh. Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> it, does have, it, it does have Bing, Bing Crosby. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of his, but, um, but he, I, I do like the movie a lot. I definitely love that movie. And I love the sentiment of, um, you know, the even the sentiment of Block Party was like, we're going to get together and have a party, listen mm -hmm. to music, um, involve the community and feel good. And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah and it, it was, it, that was another neat thing, how, 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 in the documentary, they showed how involved he was getting the community, like using the, the daycare center's roof and talking to all the kids and having them be a part of what he was doing. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, he was... Oh, man. What did he make them say? Didn't he make them... Mr. Bush? Mr. Black Mr. Black Bush? Bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he, he made them all say it, and he just walked away, I love kids. <laughs> well, that was one of his characters on uh, the Chappelle show, I think, wasn't it? Didn't he have a character like that? Or, or the oh, white, white newscaster. He did, like, the white newscaster <laughs> character or something, where he was in white face and um, being a newscaster. So I think that was in line with that joke. Not that sure. reminds me of Amy's favorite bit where I don't know. I'm, I don't want to speak for her, but she's the one that, that told me about one of the best Dave Chappelle bits where he's the... He's the white supremacist. Yeah, who doesn't know he doesn't he's, know he's white. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't oh, know right. he's black. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, the blind guy. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, he didn't, I mean, they talked a little political stuff here and there in the movie, but mostly it was just, I, I don't know, I just crack up at his his shenanigans, like with the yes. playing the bongo drums and doing yeah. like that beatnik poetry. <laughs> oh, know, yeah, that was hilarious. Don't see very many Mexicans. I know. <laughs> that was funny. I, I, you know, there was a little bit. I mean, I think that... Um, uh, why can't I think of the guy's name from The Roots now? Questlove? Yeah, Questlove. He was saying that it was interesting that something they all had in common was that they were all from the same neighborhood and they had already played music together. And he said, but also most of our audience doesn't look like us. So I think that was an interesting thing that he brought up that, you know, it's true in hip hop, a lot of the... Uh, consumers of hip hop are, are white, and um, especially of you know, so, actually in general, a lot of the yeah, consumers. Yeah, but especially of the more underground stuff. Yeah, but yeah. also like in my class, I learned also you know gangster rap, which is 
you know, everybody uses to uh, point to some kind of misogyny among black men in general is actually mainly consumed by white men. Oh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I think that that is... Um, so I think that is an interesting point about hip-hop and rap in general that... Um, or Kanye, you know, a Kanye concert. That's It's going to be mostly white guys there, <laughs> I guess. But that, I mean, that's always been the way in, in popular music in America. Um, maybe not so much when, when, you know, crowds were actually segregated and, and stuff. But uh, as far as cultural appropriation, it, that's always been the, the case. I'm yeah. going to go get on a limb and, and guess that Dead Press's audience is not mostly white. <laughs> the old, yeah I, I think he might be i know um uh, the only other guy i knew who was into him was was white so it was it was me and him but <laughs> that i mean that's not obviously anecdote is not evidence but um they seem to the crowd seemed to enjoy him there yeah yeah I, the going back to that that's the quest loves being really serious and telling that story about demographics and how especially with the with Chappelle uh, doing that one movie where he, his 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 audience was off rap boys and they're trying to yeah, do, have him do other stuff and so he gets to the end of the story and Chappelle just in, insists on telling a joke and I thought that was so funny insist on telling uh, the I knew the sniper was black and why was he and insist on Questlove telling admitting didn't I didn't I I just I thought that was so the funny. DC sniper yeah yeah because he, he took weekends, weekends off, off. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know the joke's the king. I mean, that's the, for a comedian. The end of the day, it's like, is it funny or not? <laughs> that's. But that's, I mean, what was great was it was like, I, it seemed like Questlove didn't want to answer and didn't want to laugh. But then once the joke was told, he couldn't help. He couldn't himself. help laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I mean, I I laughed throughout it. Just. Oh whole, yeah. Yeah. The whole. Oh, and he made a lot of jokes at the expense of of white people too, and everybody laughed. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that was really. Oh yeah. No, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that is. Um, you know, that's the fun thing about Chappelle is that he's equally critical of, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, that's sort of a difference. I, I kind of skimmed through um, Watts, um, Watts Stacks. Stacks. Was that the name of the other yeah. one that this yeah. film was based on? Yeah, Watts Stacks. Oh, no. Who do we lose? I'm here. Jessica. I'm here. Okay. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. We is lost Pat you there? for a second. Yeah. 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 How much how much Richard Pryor is in Watts Stacks? Right. So that's the thing. Richard Pryor is sort of playing. I mean, it was based on, I guess it was loosely, Block Party was loosely based on Watts Stacks. But Watts Stacks is very different because it's a huge stadium concert with really big stars. Um, and the emphasis is really on black America. And it is much more political, it feels like. Yeah, there's a lot of Richard Pryor just talking backstage and stuff, too. Um, in in Watt Stacks, but it yeah it was was that wasn't a free concert though was it Watt Stacks? That's what I'm not sure of. I, know, I, I, I can't didn't remember. Check that. Yeah, I didn't watch it for this. So but it was a huge. I just skipped through. I think the Barquets were a very interesting performance on that concert. <laughs> I don't Tickets know. Tickets were a dollar each for Watt Stacks. Oh okay, yeah that's cool. Um, and that was what seventy seventy one seventy two. 72 okay yeah uh yeah the barcade well stacks was obviously the record company that was referenced so they had a lot of uh artists from the, the stacks label performing at watt stacks um isaac hayes and the bark hayes and yeah 
Uh, I can't remember their performance, unfortunately. What did What did you find interesting about it? Oh, just the costumes. And oh, yeah. I had never heard of them or I had never remembered them. So I immediately went on YouTube and found some very interesting 80s videos of the Barquets um, <laughs> that you should watch. <laughs> it will, if you want to laugh some more, watch some 80s Barquets videos on YouTube. Well, they have really interesting hair pieces. I will leave it at that. <laughs> And <laughs> leopard print, you know, you know ball crushing, <laughs> tight pants, lycra pants. Once again, uh, let's try to keep the language uh, child friendly <laughs> if we can. Really, I, I'm trying to be as explicit <laughs> as I possibly can. Well, I, I, around children, I try to curse as much to get them ready to be an adult. That is true. Fuck you, baby. Yep. That's, that is how you prepare children for adulthood. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you just walk by the crib every now and then and, and curse at him like Pat just did. <laughs> but I don't know. If you just say baby, they don't know you're talking to them. Ah, uh, you give them Babies, a look. no. They know. <laughs> you, well, yeah, nowadays I guess you can just say Caitlin. Pretty pretty good chance you're, they know you're talking to them. Uh, is that some kind of... Uh, <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Some kind of... I don't know. I think everybody's naming their kids Caitlin and and shit oh, okay. nowadays that's all I, I thought this was some kind of transphobic joke that john was going with oh kate no i didn't even think of caitlin jenner <laughs> i thought is that a new general new general gender neutral name i don't know uh yeah the uh, the block party like well you're right i didn't like tear up or anything but it, it was very feel-good movie and and just dave chappelle like clowning the whole time like that was the stuff that really cracked me up not not even well the jokes he told were so corny too yeah like when he was doing the the rim shot stuff um with the jokes uh, although i still laugh just because of his delivery but like when he was driving by the brownstones and saying attention huxtables yeah that was great <laughs> <laughs> or also i thought it was um because I, what was yeah i don't think obama had been elected yet so when the guy from the fujis was singing the song if i were president i thought that was also pretty with the marching band yeah um that was pretty funny or no, interesting it was really really funny when the one girl chose stuff and the other guy chose them. you can't choose the same thing as she did yep don't, she just said that don't, don't bite her that was really really good but the 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 huxable joke was great but also he was talking about brooklyn where he's like uh, right two streets next to each other one looks like the opening shot from the Cosby show. The other looks like the opening shot from the good times. And they could be one block away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think it should be an educational film for everybody to watch for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. It's definitely a good film to watch nowadays right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's cause it's so, it's so feel good. It really is. Yeah. And there's with all the, you know, all just all the racial shit going on that is coming up in the news and getting, you know, videotaped and whatever. It's it's nice to remember that, I mean, that people can get along, like you said, Jessica. Um, so, Pat, what was your favorite musical performance? Uh, Erica Badu, or how you ever say it. She was awesome. Yeah, I like I liked her. I love her. Uh, Jill Scott, I thought, was, was pretty cool to see, too. She was great, but it was also great where he's like, well, are you intimidated by going after her? And she's like, have you seen me perform? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Got some balls on that woman. <laughs> Sorry, can I just use balls for the rest of the show? <laughs> uh, we insist. 
Apparently, uh, she's on an HBO show. She's the star of an HBO show now, the number one ladies detective agency. And I had what? seriously, yeah, oh gosh, <laughs> that's insane. I didn't know that. I I liked well, I like Dead Prez because I like them so much. Um, it's my favorite performance, I think. But yeah, I like. I really liked. Speaking of uh, crazy hair pieces, Erica Badu when her. Uh, her yes. wig blew off, and she's just like, ah, fuck it, <laughs> toss it into <laughs> side. I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so appealing about this movie. It's, um, I mean, of course, it's filmed and edited, but you see, it feels real. It feels like you're there. It feels like you're seeing real sides of real people, and you don't see that enough. I mean, I think that's something Michelle Gondry tries to do is, you know, he does a lot of surreal stuff in his films, too, but I feel like he really gets at human you know, just down to the human level of people and to identify with the people you're watching. And that's really nice. Yeah. I, would, I think. Go ahead, Pat. Interviewing the, the two guys in Ohio first and then talking to them during the show made, is something that made that happen. Made, made it so you're experiencing their experience. And that was really, really great. Like the, <laughs> that story was with, uh, he had to, he had to, go to the bathroom he had to pee in, at the golf course and the, and the guy came out and called him the n-word and he's like normally i'm fight him but i know i'm about to go see Chappelle." so i didn't i just i held him back and we just we just left <laughs> Gotta go and then they Chappelle. talked to him at the concert and, and then they're just like doing the robot it was just so <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah no i thought it was gr- i mean that whole the whole opening part when he's getting people from ohio um or trying to get them to go to go see him yeah. Uh, in in Brooklyn, and you know he like chartered a bus for for them and stuff, so they could get there, and gave them hotel rooms and stuff. But just like the normal everyday people, like the the woman at the convenience store who he buys his cigarettes from, you know, um, who's like an older white woman, <laughs> and and you're you're like, oh man, you don't think she's gonna go, but she does she does go. It's kind of cool. It was great, and she's like, what do I wear to a rap concert? <laughs> Well, yeah, and like just the documentation now of that Angel House. I mean, I guess it got torn down last year. And oh, both was it of, that recent? It got yeah, down. yeah, and both of them are, I think, died now, and um, they never, you know, never finished. finished what they were doing. But just the fact that you've got that on record now, I think it's really, um, it's a cool part of history of that neighborhood. I, yeah, I, I agree, but I don't think that they would ever finished. I no, they if, would never have finished. If, even if no. You, if she had lived <laughs> I would to her, be afraid to even walk around in that place. Yeah, it's like the, if she had lived to her, her predicted uh, age 600. of 400, or is it 600, 600, I don't think it would have been finished. But I, I do think that brings up another thing of the changes in Brooklyn in just 10 years that, that things are happening really quickly, that, that stuff like that can't exist there. That, yeah. That it has to get knocked down for you know, a really, really cheap condo to go up, of course. Yeah. But, that anyone could live in if they have two million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's affordable. Well, so affordable. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, eh, I know. It's you sad. Think the, you think developers could have? Because you know, people like wacky stuff like that. They could have somehow gone in and gutted it, but kept the weirdo stuff that he put up. Yeah, just just be, to make it a part of the neighborhood. It, it, I mean, no, I wouldn't have wanted to walk around in there. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to sleep in there. But it, it is pretty neat looking at it from the outside, and it did look like it was floating. So I don't know. Well, it, it's a shame to take stuff like that away to just to build something that looks like everything else. Yeah. Didn't she say she had a cheetah in there? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I'll know if that, that was a last. joke or what. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? 
But yeah, maybe she was the cheetah. <laughs> it's her spirit animal. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> oh, that 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 reminds me of another great Courtney David Chip uh, Dave Chappelle joke where she's like. In uh, in Ohio, the woman's like, I, I can't go. I'm going to Canada that weekend. And he's like, going to Canada? You're going to dodge a draft? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but so funny. Well, that's, yeah. That's his appeal. Like, that's that's why I think he's so funny. Everything he says sounds funny. Just, it's his delivery more than anything, yeah. I think. But, well, still, I mean, it's still just a funny. It, no, it was, yeah. But, whip, but yeah, his delivery does add a lot. Yeah, I, I know. Well, like, my feeling watching it... Um, this time, well, I think every time I've seen it, it was also like, damn, I wish I could have been there for that. So, I mean, I think that's also cool that it it, it gets you that involved and you're like, oh, this this would have been fun. I would have loved to have been there, which I don't feel with most concert type movies, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't love to be there. I didn't want to be stuck on that bus not knowing where I was going. <laughs> no, there, there's one concert movie that I rewatch a lot and now I can't think of the name, but it's the one from Martin Scorsese. The Last um, Waltz. Yeah, and I, I think that is, um, I mean, that's very different, um, but it also gives you that sort of behind-the-scenes feeling or like you were there feeling um, like this does, and I think it's got some great performances, too. I've never seen it because I am not a fan of the musicians in it <laughs> so much, so... I like Van Van Morrison's performance was really good, and Joni Mitchell is good, and I kind of fast forward through other <laughs> stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> and you know, and just listening to the interviews with some of the musicians, they're so like they're so on drugs, and um, <laughs> I don't know, you get this sort of smoky backstage uh, feeling of the time. So I think there, yeah, it's definitely an interesting. Um, contrast to block party because it's so self-absorbed you know like music rock music white rock music is can be so self-absorbed sometimes whereas well, everybody, I feel like, but, everybody but sting let's, right. let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> but like block party it's more about the community it's more about looking outward so i guess last last waltz is really about um this sort of archetype of the you know the the white male genius rocker right. you know but it is it is an interesting um as far as the live performances go, because I think even with internet and with, you know, being having access to so much different music, I just feel like it's so rare to see good performances. Yeah, still. I agree. And, and Scorsese knows how to make a movie. And he's, I mean, he's a super, super rock music nerd. So I'm sure he did a good job on that one. Um, and he was probably coked out of his mind too making it i would imagine <laughs> the stories yeah. i hear of him at the time so probably i mean the whole scene was yeah but it, it's yeah it's definitely um nice nice performances really heartfelt like you really just something you don't see i mean even if i watch like an old cat at steven's live youtube video you know some of the songs have gotten so overplayed but just the what he puts in and maybe it was a lot of the drugs i don't know but a lot of those performances from the 60s and 70s i don't know they just have this exciting feeling about them that a lot of performances now don't have yeah again except for sting but but this yeah i i liked the way that he edited the movie i mean really there's not a lot of michelle gondry touches in this in this film except 
like at the very beginning where he does the the lettering and stuff. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's a documentary, what are you going to do? But I did like the edits between like the performances and backstage, the way he would kind of segue from a song into them talking backstage, back into a song, and without it seeming like they're just keep cutting the songs you know yeah i mean and sometimes they'd have the song kind of playing as you heard dave Chappelle talk i did and i also liked that it was not so much just concert film where we're seeing just boring stuff backstage but we're seeing funny stuff that dave Chappelle had to do to, to set things up or mostly it was everything was really pretty interesting so i think sometimes backstage stuff is just well this is you there, but sometimes being there isn't as interesting as you would imagine. Right, because it's all just people's egos in a lot yeah, of cases. And the, and the, yeah, this wasn't. So yeah, yeah, this I, was friends, and this was like showing how he was putting the whole thing together and interacting with the community there and stuff. So yeah, which was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it never got boring. It's like as soon as you know everything was yeah edited together perfectly to keep keep it upbeat, keep you entertained, but also keep you mentally involved it wasn't just about the music yeah yeah i, I don't know when he's making a sequel <laughs> <laughs> i would love that if he made a sequel the, where would he do it where should he do it he can come to my roof he should come to oakland he should do it in oakland he should do it in oakland he should do it in philadelphia or philly <laughs> also philly would be good uh, I guess he is not San Diego. I don't think he's <laughs> <laughs> going here culturally. Well, Sorry. he was looking for Mexicans. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it'll end up being a hip hop show. Then <laughs> I think it'll be a different kind of music <laughs> style. I like I liked when he had the uh, the dude from the audience up to freestyle, and that was <laughs> that was a thing too, Pat. You're talking about where he's like mocking him, but he's also like you know being cool to him too like, yeah yeah but he's like don't you dare what did he say I, I don't remember don't you dare mock a rapper on this stage the way he rhymed whatever, whatever it was like and bike was genius <laughs> <laughs> well the guy in the restaurant was pretty funny too oh he was he the was leader. actually good though <laughs> good. yeah oh, yeah i like how the the camera was trying to get the waitress's reaction <laughs> yeah this <laughs> is like well, and then you see another dude come up behind him, and he looks like he might be like more of a supervisor. And he, he he's like, "What's going on here?" Kind of, but then he's like, "All right, it's Dave Chappelle." Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just so likable the whole movie. Yeah, it really is. There's there's not a moment in where like these people I don't want to be around. They're all really cool people. Yeah. Except maybe the broken angel people, but they're, they're, they're fun to be around for short periods. For short periods. Yeah. I mean, I've known yes. plenty of hippies like that. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it gets a little tiresome after a while, but you know, they're good people at heart. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, should we uh, move along to the next thing? Take a break. You guys got any last thoughts on, Dave Chappelle's block party. Watch it. Yeah, my... watch it. I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Be Kind Rewind. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Try talking about Shanmiro to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, right? 
Okay, we're back uh, with Be Kind Rewind with Jack Black and Most Def and uh, Mia Farrow and Danny Glover. Danny Glover, yeah, of course, Danny Glover. He's getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Poor Danny. Well, yeah, I, I feel really bad for him and all that lethal, lethal weapon money he's got. Don't think, forget Sigourney Weaver's huge part. Oh, yeah. I forgot. So, <laughs> and then there was the dude, and Viv and I were like, wait, who the hell is that guy? We totally recognize him, and we re- realized it was Joffrey from Strangers with Candy. Um, oh, Paul Donello. Yeah, yeah, Paul Donello. Stephen Colbert's kind of lover on that show. Yeah. Um, wait, who, which one did he play? He played Sigourney Weaver's little right-hand oh, man. I was yeah. trying to figure out who that was. Bean Counter, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because there's also Mr. Um, was it Mr. Jack? There's also like a customer. There's a couple cameos of customers who are also, you know, sort of performance artists or um, Some lesser known actors and comedians. Yeah. yeah. John Glazer was in it. And, yes. Oh, he, he played and the, the video store clerk. Yeah. There had to be an extended cut where John Glazer just rips up, rips into Danny Glover because I, I don't think he can really take a role where he doesn't have at least five insults. Yeah. <laughs> but I was actually surprised by this movie because... Um, I had never seen it, but at, but from like what I understood, it was like roundly panned and was supposed to be kind of terrible. But I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, it w- obviously, wasn't the greatest movie ever, but it was very very likable. I don't think it was roundly panned either. I think it was kind of so so. It was just lots Ignored. of people liked it, lots of people didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I had in my head that it was like a very unliked movie, but it's a very it is very likable. You have to get into the world of the movie to Which enjoy takes it a little completely. Bit, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. If you're sort of expecting a normal movie, your brain is going to be confused. Well, this I think is, once it's not a normal movie. Once the electrocution of of Jack Black's character takes place, you should you should be in the the non normal movie movie mode, and just kind of a silly, funny, sweet movie. Well, yeah, because at, at first I was like, oh, this is a little slapsticky and and like old old-fashioned and it is but like it starts to work yeah yeah um apparently uh this movie came about like i said because of uh, the block party but dave chappelle was originally going to be in it playing the most deaf character and lots of little little ideas in the movie were chappelle's ideas and i really liked the movie but i would have loved the movie if he was in it oh yeah well it, it was a yeah that that character was a little i don't know maybe a little uncomfortable because he seemed like borderline mentally disabled most deaf character in the movie huh. i don't know most deaf always seems just like he's high it, like, maybe that's more what it was yeah, yeah. Every, everything <laughs> does he's just constantly high either <laughs> high or, or, or angry Very mellow or angry <laughs> like a, a, a slow burn but yeah <laughs> um but yeah well why don't you break it down jessica Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're in Passaic, New Jersey in a uh, video shop um, in sort of a, you know, a town that's a part of town that's pretty run down. Um, It opens with a graffiti uh, um, drawing, a graffiti um, piece on the wall about Fat Swaller. So Fat Swaller, um, this story of Fat Swaller being born in the video shop is sort of a, a story that runs through the whole movie and is sort of anchors uh, different parts of the storyline. Um, it turns out to not be a true story, but it is part of the the community there, this idea that Fat Swaller was born 
um, in the video shop that Danny Glover runs. Um, and then Jack Black plays sort of the friend of uh, the guy who works at the video store, and he works in a scrapyard next to a power plant, which he believes is giving off microwaves, which is... is somehow um, damaging his salad bowls on his head. Um, and yeah, they have control. to take over yeah. the video shop. Yeah. So they take over the video shop while Danny Glover goes on some Fat Swaller reunion weekend thing. Uh, and while he's gone, uh, Jack Black tries to sneak into the um, power plant and ends up getting electrocuted and magnetized. And he deletes all the videos in the shop. Yeah, just by touching them. Yeah. Uh, so they have to film their own versions of the movies for the customers, uh, which they call Sweeted, which I didn't, didn't really get at all why that was a thing, but it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can actually Google like Sweeted videos, and I think they wanted to make it a thing. Probably Michelle Gondry wanted to make it a thing, because yeah. if this movie is about his love of film also. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was pretty cool, like, he, you could tell he appreciated, like, the, the bargain basement homemade type filmmaking, um, I, like, using a, uh, a pizza for a head wound <laughs> cracked me <laughs> up twice, every time it yeah. came up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love I, that. I thought there's a lot of silly gags throughout the movie that were, were that were much funnier than they should have been. Like the uh, in the very beginning, when when Mr. Felcher leaves, he's trying to remember what to tell uh, Mustafa, uh, Mikey, and Mike. First of all, he keeps interrupting him and finishing his sentences, which is something they do in movies all the time. But for some reason, it was really funny here. But then he forgets what he wants to say, and he finally remembers it, and he writes it on the window of the of the train as he goes by, and uh, <laughs> and Mike can't Mikey can't. Uh, uh, remember, like he can't read it because it's, it's backwards. But he remembers exactly what it looks like, so he 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 writes it down exactly as it looks, and he thinks Mr. Felcher's illiterate until he figures out that it's just written backwards. Keep Jerry out backwards. Keep yeah. Jerry out, and then that was really a silly gag. And I think what made it perfect is that didn't they didn't run it on too long. They ran on and on just enough, just and enough. they ran it on uh, to to, a, to the point where. Uh, Jack Black's character Jerry went to uh, break into the power plant, and, and Mike was going to help him, but part of, he had him had camouflage on, so he's walking around with his like EEP on the back of his shirt, which makes no sense at all until he climbs the ladder, and he's right in front of Keep Out, so his <laughs> it lines says, up with the sign. Yeah. It, it lines up, and it looks like he's at the sign. And Matt Walsh plays the the cop who's there and sees him on the ladder, and he's like, "Must be some kind of ladder gang." Because it doesn't look like you could see anybody. And it's just such a silly, stupid, absurd joke, and it's really funny. And I didn't yeah, even well, know... the ladder was from the graffiti scene earlier. When they just left the ladder, they said that they, yeah. the, the people had left. And, um, yeah, it's funny. I didn't even know it was Matt Walsh until the credits at the end. So, Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know why I didn't get that. but it, It's too bad he wasn't in there more because he's a funny guy. But it doesn't matter. It was funny where he was. Yeah. And, and the movies that they made were really cool i mean the idea that uh that people would really love their version of ghostbusters and stuff was <laughs> obviously not too realistic when you've seen but it, it was but it was fun would you I mean, love to come home and get that, that I, mean, I think i actually would but <laughs> she's she's ne probably never seen a science fiction movie she doesn't know they might she might think they're supposed to be 20 minutes <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it creates, it's like very, um, I think the characters have like, again, this really human quality. And mm-hmm. in some ways there's like, it's realistic, but at the same time, it's such a fairy tale. It's totally not realistic in a lot of ways. Um, and that's sort of the surrealism rather than, uh, you know, in other Michel Gondry movies, he puts in like visual elements that make it surreal. Yeah. And he limited little- that in this, like when he, yeah. when he urinates and all the, uh, yeah. all the parts car of parts. the car. I think that's like one of my favorite scenes. I love that <laughs> that happened. It like reminds you, oh yeah, you're in a weird movie. You're not in reality here. Plus when he first goes into the video store and he's magnetic, the, 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 the screen kind of zzzz when yeah. he's walking around, which is fun. It was a fun touch. I just love the actors sort of holding each other's heads over the TV back yes, and forth. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that great. scene must have been really fun. to. You don't see that in a movie <laughs> very often. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't quite get the scene in the uh, in the dry cleaners. I, I guess Jack Black was just being a total jerk, right? Like he wanted the... The, the pretty, the pretty one behind the counter to be yes. yeah to kiss yeah. and he thought the other one wasn't attractive which is another one of those Hollywood things where you're like yeah. well, that's crazy because she's attractive like yeah that, but she wasn't attractive enough for Jack Black right right because uh, she had a mustache <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but his excuse was that she was the worst actor he'd ever seen <laughs> yes. that's why he didn't want her and I I was a little a little wary going into this movie because sometimes Jack Black gets on my nerves but he was perfect. He was perfect in this. Oh yeah, he didn't he didn't go into overdrive with his no, he was shtick. Great. Yeah. Oh, at the when they were making the documentary on Fat Swaller, and then he shows up in blackface. I love that scene where <laughs> Danny Glover sort of takes him out, like let's go have a talk. And you see him. I think it looks like he's explaining minstrelsy to him yeah. outside. Yeah, I think so. Yes. <laughs> and these are just. I mean, everything is very done in like a simple way, but it's. Like everything says so much. It's like they don't have to spell everything out, but it's it's done in like a funny, playful, but but really interesting way. Like that scene was just very simple, but it was so much more than somebody saying, "Well, you don't do that because it's wrong." You know, it was done in a <laughs> playful way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still very powerful. You know, like also the whole idea. I don't know. I feel like there's definitely a meta level in this movie when they talk about film. Films and oh, we're only going to have comedy and action, and yes. we're you know this is we don't want these kind of mo- movies are going to be dropped from the library, and um, so he's. I feel like there's a lot of critique and sharp critique in this movie of a lot of things, but done in a playful way. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And I and getting to that critique, I thought it was hilarious that uh, Danny Glover was using binoculars to spy on the West Coast video and. Just, just so funny that he he took hours and hours to come up with these ridiculous <laughs> results for what he was yeah. going to do. <laughs> Action and comedy. We're going to get the same movie hundreds of times. <laughs> yeah, store clerk doesn't need to have any specific knowledge. <laughs> oh, that was the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought Mia Farrow's character was basically she was playing the the witch from the Broken Angel House. But maybe <laughs> yeah, kind of. Because I watched the movie back to back. Prettier version of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> just a lot of weird characters in it, which was cool. Um, she was. Yeah, I don't know what her deal was. She was kind of obviously a weird hippie, but in a way, but also just super naive about. Well, you know, she didn't. She'd never seen Ghostbusters. Like, <laughs> she likes driving Miss Daisy. She, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a... The, shoot, I can't remember what movie... Oh, it was The Lion King. Um, I thought that was kind of hilarious that that was one of the movies that these uh, these street-tough dudes wanted. The big Her, guy. The, yeah, the big guy. No, the no, that was, I put it in. The, next scene she, the next scene, the actress admits that she's the one to put it in the bag. Oh, did she? I totally yeah, missed that. That's what happened when they're sitting at dinner, and, and they're like, I can't believe, who do you think it was? It was and they also, it's, I mean, it's, uh, Jack Black and uh, all stuff are like, it was a big guy, and she's like, I put it in. <laughs> I really like Pocahontas, but I couldn't find it, so I put the Lion King in instead. Oh, okay, I do remember vaguely, yeah. Um, yeah, I and I guess you, well, I don't know if you can still watch those movies online, but, you know, at the end it was like, watch the sweeted versions of movies online. Uh, yeah, like and then there's that montage scene where they, like, list all the movies they made. Yeah. And so I, that would be interesting, because that's probably, like, Michel Gondry's favorite movies, or I wonder if, you know, those are <laughs> the movies he thinks are important and... It's for me. I'm gonna definitely keep that list somehow, like, and so that I can make sure I've seen all those movies. <laughs> Maybe there's some on there that are would be good to see. I definitely want to see their version of Last Tango in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there was a list of... online. <laughs> I know there was a list in the movie. Was there one at the end credits that listed them all at once? Well, I don't think so. It just said go to you know whatever oh, okay. to, to watch. Right, the... but I mean, just I'm just talking about the list that goes by right. on the yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah, that was fun, and that was fun that they showed like little bits of. And then... <laughs> And they still managed to make the even though she, the the woman knew that she was going to be covered in some kind of blood, it was still a surprise since it wasn't Kool Aid. And I thought that was a a funny little throwaway scene they did too. Yeah, this is ketchup. But, <laughs> you said Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, it was a very nice. It was very uh, Capra esque film. Yes, and I think anytime an end of uh, the Muppet movie does it, the new Muppets movie does this as well, where the end of the movie is like a huge crowd approving of things. It always tears me up, and I don't know why. I just think it's very sweet. Oh, I totally cried at the end of the movie. I do every time I see it <laughs> when they show the crowd outside. It's well, just, it's nice. It's a utopian vision, right? Like shit doesn't happen in real life. Well, the building was still going down. Yeah, and they exactly. Were still moving to the projects, and you know, so in this case, it's more modern, I guess, because yeah, it's, it's actually they didn't save the day. No, nothing changed. But people did appreciate it, and the community came together. That's the thing. Yeah, I think the community came together and shook up that guy who was going to take the building down and convinced him not to. Since we didn't see what happened, I think that's what happened, and he he decided not to take the building down, so they kept this video store there. Oh, I think unfortunately. It, I think it got torn down, but unfortunately, they stopped the sweeting, and it was still, it was a DVD store, and it was only action and comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was interesting because you didn't really know where it was going. Like, and oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like the whole thing with the when Jack Black peed out the uh, magnetism. Um, I was like, oh, well, wait, that's it for the magnetism story? Yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. I was like, oh, well, they only needed the magnetism story for him to erase the tape so they could make the movie, like, to make sense. And it, But it was funny that they even had, I mean, they could have just had that go away by another means, but it was her giving him the salt water that did it. It's just <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Right. That is... Well, it was also I hilarious. Does that even make sense, really? I've seen, I've seen this before. Get some salt and some water. <laughs> It was also hilarious that he goes to the doctor and, and he's completely <laughs> magnetized and he's like, is there anything you can do? He's like, yeah, here you go. Gives him a, a thing of aspirin. <laughs> well, I think it. all of those things are, again, this sort of 
meta level of Michel Gondry making fun of formula movies, maybe. Right. I, I don't know. I feel like he, he's saying, you know, we always accept these very formulaic solutions without questioning them. And um, so he puts them up there again, and he's like, okay, are you going to accept them now? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> I mean, he. I think at one point somebody even explicitly states that, you know, the something about the formulaic movies and, and whatever, um, and how they're not going to do that. And but then that that's the arc it takes, you know, the the storyline. But it's, yeah, you're right. It's very meta. And it's, I don't know, he's, I, it didn't feel like, oh, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. It's like he was making a real uh, critique, but he also like has a love for that kind of formula in, in yeah. some ways, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. You're talking about not knowing where it was going. They, they set things up and looked like it was going to go there and it never did. And I like that, like the, the guy who was going to tear down the building, it, it kind of looked like he was going to be the bad guy, but he was just the guy. Yeah. And just... the, the, the opposing video store guy, he was going to be the bad guy, but he was just a guy, and he, he saved the day. And But he was also struggling because he had to live in his adult section of his video store. He didn't have an apartment anymore. So it was, it was like this community, everybody was together. So, I, yeah, it was a very sweet movie. Yeah. Well, that was... That was another hilarious scene when they're breaking into that other video store too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a house of mirrors. Yes, <laughs> that was the action scene. <laughs> yeah, it was. I like how nothing came of it. They just, <laughs> they just broke in and then they walked out after they saw the dude. Well, it, it, it clued him in that they needed the projector. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but <laughs> but the dude was just like, "I'll I'll take care of the glass." You don't tell anybody I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, it was. But uh, also, like when they decided after they got raided and they decided, you know, we can make our own movies and we can put whatever we want in them. I I think that was also like a turning point where uh, the filmmaker is trying to say something again about the film industry of you know instead make of your just own, doing reboots. Yeah. 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 No. Totally. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I I liked it a lot more than I had expected to just because of my perception that it was you know it had not done well and was not received well but and the idea is is kind of silly but i think it it goes beyond the idea well yeah it is silly but you know it's i think it's the right director for it like a lot of i don't think a lot of other people could have pulled it off was there when mr fletcher comes back and wasn't there something where mike is like he's not gonna like what we did he hates remakes that cracked me up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, and then there was this other level um, also where when they, you know, when he came clean, Mr. Fletcher and said, well, Fatswaller was actually not born here, so that really, you know, that's a f uh, that's not true. And then when everybody said, well, we can make up our own history, we can yeah, make up yeah. our own truth. And I think, yeah, that's also a really beautiful, powerful sentiment to to have in a movie and, and to have these likable characters, you know, talk about. So I think that's, again, a, a place where the film has bigger ambitions and there's yeah. a lot of places like that in the film the the other piece of i don't know if it's satire just making fun of the fbi warning is the fbi coming in and not only adding everything for such a ridiculous thing adding up everything and having this like what's it billions or trillions of dollars he owes or he has to spend sixty three thousand uh, years, years in jail yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then we're going to take these tapes and destroy them so they don't just take them and d delete them or anything like that they get an actual steamroller uh, steamroller <laughs> and they go over them a few times and then Sigourney Weaver's like you have to go over them again they're not broken yet. <laughs> well and also they they take the cash that's in the register to help pay for the th <laughs> like that's it 
<laughs> and then they just leave him alone. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's not the real world, but you totally like the characters and they feel real in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, it's, I, yeah, I don't know. Surreal stuff a lot of times feels more true than dramas <laughs> anyway to the real world, you know? Um, and then the film they made about Fat Swaller turned out really cool also. Like, and, the and look it, of it, yeah. It's again, yeah, and it's again Michelle Gondry going back and saying, look at all these tricks we use when we make films, and this is how we get this to happen. And so it's, it's almost like a manual about how to, how to make a movie. Real um, filmmaking, yeah. Yeah, but it seems autobiographical. I mean, that's, this seems like a very autobiographical film about him as an artist, too. Yeah, and, but it was, it was funny throughout as well. Like the, in the Fats Waller film, when Fats Waller's being born, I was cracking up, too. <laughs> Pulling like a nine-year-old kid out. <laughs> Out of the table was, yeah, it was great. And then the, the when they're putting the movies the movie together, and he's like, "Well, we need to put the death first and, and Jack Black's like, "Does that mean we have to talk backwards the whole movie?" <laughs> yeah, very, very goofy. Like I said, slapsticky almost in a way, but it worked for this movie. I think just because the tone was was dead on, like he he nailed it so it worked where i think if a lot of people who would try that would probably fail i don't know maybe i'm wrong but it seems like more of his uh, aesthetic that that makes that kind of stuff work yeah i don't think many people would even try it is a crazy storyline yeah i don't i think a lot of people wouldn't even come up with that idea so um but you, I don't know if you've seen a lot of his other movies. I haven't seen his most recent ones, but um, there's also like he made a documentary about, I think one of his aunts or something. He goes back to France and it's like a family movie kind of thing about his own family. Um, and it's very also like a slow burn. It's just very low key, but at the end it really is touching. It's And that's he seems really good at that. And The Science of Sleep was also like that. It's... You oh, have to I sort of, seen that. it's I like when you look at a picture, yeah, and you have to squint. It's like when you look at stuff and if you squint, you see it different somehow. <laughs> and that's what a lot of his work, um, I, I mean, I can't watch, what was his other one? Um, was it The Eternal Sunshine? The Eternal was Sunshine, that? yeah. Yeah, I cried way too much when I saw that movie, so I could not watch it again, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it again. <laughs> well, I yeah, I'm always glad when people like him and even Wes Anderson who I don't like but you know people like him and Wes Anderson and and David Lynch and people are still able to make movies that get re released and distributed um people who have like their own visions and are not necessarily in t in tune with uh, blockbuster sensibility what i like about gondry specifically is that he's he's willing to do stuff that's not necessarily what you expect him to do. Like he's, he does silly comedies and he does, he did the green Hornet, whatever that was like. I haven't oh, yeah, that was seen weird. That. I've seen that. <laughs> so he, he's willing was, to go outside his, his, uh, comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very good, but it was funny. <laughs> it had some moments, I guess. Yeah. I, two thumbs up. It's good. Uh, it's a good weekend watch these two. And the, the Dave Chappelle's block party is on YouTube. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if it's legal or not, but it's, uh -huh. it's up there. <laughs> um, maybe streaming, too. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was it was good uh, 
good picks. Even though they weren't, you know, too far apart in time, they were different enough movies. I feel like show two sides of of this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed them. Yeah, I did. Um, well, should we move on to recommendations? Asians, 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 Asians. Uh, sure. Jessica, as our guest, you must go first. I must. Okay. Well, I am sort of prepared. Um, my first recommendation is the artist. Haha, an artist. What a surprise. Um, the artist Angela Washko. And uh, she's now. W A S H C O E? W A S H K O. A O. Okay. Yeah, Washko. And she is um, an MFA student now at UCSD, but she's from New York or she's. She started off mostly in New York, and she's a performance works mainly um, online. So I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy, Roosh V. He's um, kind of a crappy guy um, who writes so, books. No. About, he, he writes books about how to bang women in different places in the world. And oh, is he, is run- he like a pickup artist guy? Or? Yeah, and he runs this really sexist website, um, web community of men who talk about... I, I can't remember the site. I went there once after seeing her performance, and I was shocked <laughs> at what I read there. But there is this whole community of men online you know, that basically hate women. Um, <laughs> and he's one of their leaders. And she actually engaged him and did interviews with him, got him to, she's trying to create a dialogue um, in these very sexist spaces online, like World of Warcraft, message boards, and, you know, online uh, communities where women are often abused. Um, so all anyway. of the internet? <laughs> well, she focuses on a few places, um, but her work is just, it's really interesting. And she has a podcast. I don't know if she still does it. It's called A Cups. Um, and then there's, she has a lot of different web projects as well. But she has she a website. Are you looking at the website? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she went to Temple. I, I was looking at her Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, she lectured at my class uh, last year, and I've seen some of her work uh, around campus this this quarter, um, and online. She has just some really interesting work that she's doing. Uh, I like it because she's a feminist, and she is, um, but she's at the same time she's trying to create an actual dialogue. She's not just saying, "Oh, this is wrong," and I'm going to criticize it. She's right. actually trying to have conversations about what's what's happening in these spaces online around the world. Jesus, good luck to her, man. I don't know that I would have the patience for that at all. (laughs) Well, you've got to watch. I mean, this interview that uh, it's it's on her website. The interview with Roosh V is just hilarious. I mean, (laughs) I'll I'll watch it. You have to watch that interview because he just makes such a fool of himself. I mean, it's it's crazy. But she, you know, unfortunately, she's gotten death threats now, and his community has sort of turned on her because they realize, oh, she's actually she's being critical. Him, yeah. Yeah. So, um, she, you know, she kind of tricked him, and now they're all mad at her. <laughs> so, uh, but definitely, I think she just she changes her hair color a lot too. I think she just went pink or purple now. <laughs> but she's she's a cool and. And some of her older performances, she also did this performance-based um, work, which was like a video of two women in a marketing office. So, and like one of them starts kind of going crazy and partying and acting, you know, so just this idea of setting an art piece in a, 
marketing office, I think touched me because <laughs> I worked in a marketing <laughs> office. So, and I, I think it's interesting, um, the kind of places she's working and she also did a series. Um, do you know that, that show, uh, how to marry a millionaire or, you know, I don't remember the exact title. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. So it's that, is her name Stanger or something? Anyway, this woman is, you know, so she actually did a very obsessive survey of that show and then came up with a video of like basically all the traits you have have to have to marry a guy. And it's really funny video as well. So that sounds um, awesome. I would recommend She's awesome, yeah, and I would definitely look at, at her work. It's, it's probably all online. It's on YouTube and whatever. Um, Let's get her on the podcast, Pat. <laughs> you <laughs> should. Good luck. I, actually, my, I have a friend who's her friend, so I could ask her. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, try. I would too, but I would be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why I'm talking about dumb books. Well, you know, she might. I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> suggest it <laughs> to, to anyone who wants to listen. Um, the other recommendation I have is another artist, uh, Kate Durbin, and I don't know if you've heard of her. I have. And um, her performance, Hello Selfie, yep, uh, yeah, is that, Vimeo. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm excited that I, I actually her. know about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually got introduced to her by um, a fellow art student who's 18. You know, I got to keep up with these young kids. And she... Um, she, this friend of mine, Uluvegi Kang, she's an, a really good artist too. She recommended Kate Durbin to me and showed me this video of Hello Selfie. And then uh, I follow Kate Durbin now on Instagram and she has a, a YouTube channel as well. Uh, it's hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, well, I've I've seen her stuff, but I definitely have to check out Washco. Yeah, Washco's awesome. I, I mean, while you're talking, I was just looking at her her World of Warcraft Tumblr, and it's fun. Yeah, so she's she's definitely yeah. Both of those are great, and both very different, I think, in their approach to. I, I definitely call it feminist art. I mean, I consider you know myself a feminist artist too. So I think there's like so many facets and directions that women are going in now. Um, and I, I just love it. It's really interesting. So I love um, discovering it. And I think the, you know, my other recommendation is more old school. Um, Lady Pink, uh, I actually interviewed her for my hip hop class. And she was one of the women in the 80s who was tagging in New York in the Bronx at the beginning, you know, when hip hop and graffiti were sort of intertwined. Getting yeah. And uh, she is now, she does public art murals now. Um, she doesn't really do graffiti anymore. But I did interview her because she doesn't really think that uh, graffiti belongs under the hip-hop label. So I ended up writing a paper about, you know, making that argument that graffiti shouldn't be grouped with hip-hop. Uh, even though the movie Wild Style, which she starred in in the 80s, which was actually a pretty big commercial success, it shows her and her friends, you know, doing graffiti. It shows rap music, break dancing, and all of these things happening in New York together. Um, and then also, like, the crossover into galleries and things like that. So I think she... You know, I talked to her, and I think she's also a really interesting um, person to look at her work and the kind of things she's doing now, you know, 30 years later. Awesome. Um, so, those are mine. <laughs> those are good. Enjoy. Mine, mine won't be as good. Uh, Pat, what do you have? 
You want me to go um, first? No, I have just just one. It's a pretty fun Tumblr called Save by the Bell Hooks. And she, the person who puts this Tumblr together takes screen caps from Save by the Bell Seen and puts it as bell, well. yeah. bell Hooks. Sorry. Well, no, I'm just happy <laughs> that I'm this much up on culture that I know two of these things. Put puts Bell Hooks quotes on on things, and I love Bell Hooks, and I just think it's a fun it, idea to get her words out there. And yeah, yeah, it's funny. So yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. I have it online now, so thank you. Yeah, Saved by the Bell Hooks. I'm gonna recommend uh, Mad Max: Fury Road because I thought it was actually good. I we just saw. Um, Ex Machina, and for like at the beginning of that movie, I was like, "Oh, this will be my recommendation," and then it, it just kind of took a shit all over itself, and and it ended up seeming really misogynistic and and kind of sexist. So I can't recommend that one. But uh, Mad Max Fury Road was not misogynistic. Um, it was it was fairly, I mean, pretty feminist for a mainstream action movie um just the ideas in it uh yeah i mean guys like rush v are probably complaining about it from what i understand there's been lots of complaints about mad max <laughs> oh have there from like the from like the man of MRA, the internet mra type people do really that movie yeah well i yeah i could see why it's i mean it, it it was fun and i'm not an action movie guy for the most part but uh i enjoyed that one so uh yeah that's my recommendation not that it needs to be recommended people yeah but still good recommendation yeah all right well you want to do your thing write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com if you'd like to be on the show if you'd like to talk about the show if you'd like to compliment our haircuts or compliment our guests or just say something nice or mean um like us on facebook like individual episodes on facebook um and what's the other thing oh write us highly on itunes and give us a good review to to wash our the our mouth out of any bad reviews that happen to have come between them have there been any more no haven't looked okay yeah yeah do that uh i don't know i i still don't get i just don't get why why you pick on a small podcast man like i would never do that if i don't like a podcast i don't listen i don't go right i don't know i guess maybe i'm old-fashioned I thought those negative reviews were just friends of yours playing a joke. <laughs> That's true. Uh, weren't they? Weren't they? Last week I said all the negative reviews were Michael Morris, and yeah, it I could stand be by that. His different, his different iTunes accounts. Um, <laughs> no, I don't actually care. But yeah, people should, you know, do all that. Um, Jessica, thank oh, you. Oh, and tell your friends to listen. Yeah, tell them. Um, demand. Demand. Uh, they listen and they come on and, and as a guest yeah. to see if they can be as good as Jessica, who is awesome. Thanks again. Yeah, that's thank, what I was going to say. You thank guys. you for coming I on. Love, thank you. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. But uh, I have to go eat some lunch, so uh, I'm going to say goodbye to our listeners. Uh, Till next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. One, two, three, four.